Coaches, welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast. Coach Kevin Furtado. Hey, if you want to know who are the best high school basketball coaches and leaders in our country are, you need to stay tuned and listen to the Championship Vision Podcast. We have some of the most renowned and best high school basketball coaches and PE teachers from around the country. Coaches you might not have heard of, but have amazing ideas. And I firmly believe every coach in America has genius within them. It's not all about the state championships. It's about the impact you have on your kids and your community. So stay tuned to the Championship Vision Podcast. Coaches, welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast. I'm Coach Kevin Furtado. Today is episode 233. And uh, welcome back to all my great listeners and so forth. Um, uh, I'm so so excited to be back. Um, I've been a little bit bit busy with um, our kind of our state championship run that we came up a little short in the lead eight. But I'm excited to be back, back in the podcasting, back in the uh, meeting all these great coaches out there. Uh, today we have Coach Donnie Ott. He's the, currently the head girls basketball coach at Cedar Park High School. Where currently, just um, within this past week, uh, they've won their state championship. So congratulations to Donnie. It was an unbelievable game. And congratulations to him, his program, and his staff. Um, he has amassed a 109-16 overall record with a 49-0 district record and two regional appearances in three years. Before coaching at Cedar Park, he served as the varsity girls head coach, basketball coach at North Crowley for three years and coached Lady Panthers to 23 wins in 2016-17. At North Crowley, Coach Ott also serves as an associate head coach for the boys basketball program for five seasons and was named NCHS Teacher of the Year in 2009-10, and Texas 5A Assistant Coach of the Year in 2012 and 13. Coach Ott also has served successful stints as head coach in um, Guero, Walnut Springs, and Grapeland. Coach Ott's passion for teaching basketball has led him to become heavily involved in the Texas Association of Basketball Coaches camps each summer. Coach Ott and his wife, Carissa, are both teachers and have been married for nine years. They have two beautiful daughters, seven-year-old Sienna and five-year-old Avery. Coaches, I just want to tell you that uh, it's going to be an exciting podcast in a sense that um, 
<clears throat> we're going to talk about his championship run and um, what did he do in, in special situations towards the end of the game to uh, win that championship. I think that's kind of an underrated thing. Uh, what do coaches do at the end of games to seal the victory? Also, the main topic is building a championship staff, coaching staff. So, and all of us have been there and we'll go through that uh, pretty, re uh, pretty soon. So, how do you do that? How do you build a staff from scratch and, and do you bring over people uh, from your school or do you try to get new people from the current school? So he's going to talk about all that. We're going to have all of his assistant coaches on and I think you're going to really enjoy the podcast. So <clears throat> let's get this show rolling. Coaches, welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast. Um, I have been gone for a little while. I've been trying to win a state championship. Came up a little short. Uh, not like Donnie here, who actually won. So um, I, don't, I can't offer you any advice. Um, but I'm, I'm glad to be back on the podcast, episode 233. So we're so excited to have Coach Donnie Ott and his coaching staff here from Cedar Park High School in Texas. So Coaches, let's just um, let's introduce ourselves, give a little brief bio of each coach. But I'll start with you, Donnie. Welcome to the podcast. Congratulations on your current state championship. Just happened a few days ago. So, man, I tell you, Kevin, thank you so much for having us, man. This is just a huge honor um, to be able to come on a, um, your podcast and discuss kind of um, some of our, um, I guess, little little things that our program. Um, does that I feel like makes us unique. Um, this is my 21st year coaching. Uh, I, I've been coaching boys for 13 years. I was a head boys coach for 13 years uh, prior to starting my girls journey at North Crowley. So I took over the girls uh, position at North Crowley for three years as a head coach there. And um, my mentor um, from 2000 um, was the assistant boys coach here at Cedar Park. And when the job opened up four years ago, he contacted me and kind of told me that this would be a huge opportunity for um, raising my family and just being in a good environment. And so uh, that led me to Cedar Park. And this is, we just completed year four here at Cedar Park. So I have uh, seven years of coaching uh, experience with girls, head coaching experience, and then a total of 14 with boys. So, and then uh, my assistants, I'll let them introduce themselves. Uh, I'll start with Coach K, and we'll go to Coach Romero and Coach Brewer. So, Coach K. All right. Yeah, my name's Cammie Williamson, and uh, this is my 16th year of, of coaching. I uh, played basketball, collegiate basketball at West Texas A&M and Angelo State, and was a graduate assistant for a couple years at uh, Angelo State under Sally Walling Brooks, and then um, ventured out, and I was a, a, a girls coordinator and head basketball coach for 12 years before I decided to I wanted to, and I was small school uh, at Menard in El Dorado and decided I wanted to kind of take a step back and go larger school and see what the, you know, what, what it was going to be like coaching at a, you know, 5A. Um, and so that led me to Cedar Park. And so I, this is my fourth year um, at Cedar Park as a varsity assistant um, girls basketball coach. And uh, it's been awesome. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, Coach J.R. Romero. I am from Lubbock, Texas. Uh, I uh, actually had, you know, I played basketball in high school. I graduated from Lubbock Estacado, played for a guy named Tim Thomas over there, who's out of Dissipermia now. 
Um, and basketball is probably one of my weaker sports uh, out of everything. I was more of a baseball football guy. Um, but my dad was the DC, uh, the defensive coordinator at Escada for about 40 plus years. Uh, he retired over there. Uh, come from a line of uh, a line of educators and whatnot. Mom was a counselor. Um, so after I graduated from Estacado, I went to Lubbock Christian, and then I came back and coached at Estacado for three years uh, and really thought I was going to be a football baseball guy. Um, got the pleasure of working with a guy named Hector Lamone, uh, who's now the hitting coach over at Lubbock Christian University. And um, after three years there, I went to Brownfield, uh, and I was with a guy named Dustin Fott, and got to coach with uh, Coach Fott, Dustin and Derek Fott, uh, Dickie Fott's uh, sons. Um, and uh, coached with them for two years and then came over and, and coached uh, linebackers at Cedar Park from 2012 to 2015. And I was coaching three sports at the time, football, basketball, and softball. Um, and then um, I started a little bit side business, whatnot. And then uh, after 2015, I uh, started coaching just softball and basketball. Um, and then uh, Coach Ott came four years ago, been very blessed to be on the staff with him and, uh, and Coach Cammy Williamson. And then we added Coach Rebecca Brewer, uh, Zabel Brewer, we added her last year, and we've been blessed to have her on staff. And so, uh, you know, we've had a, definitely a family atmosphere over here. And so, Coach Brewer, that's your, that's your cue. That's a good transition, JR. <laughs> Thanks for that. Um, okay, first of all, uh, I want to say this is an amazing crew. Um, we're all really, we're really diverse in what we bring to the table, and um, they're a fun bunch to work with. I'm from a tiny town called Santa Ana. Um, just uh, it's near Brownwood. Um, I, I went to Angela State my freshman year in college, and I finished up at Midwestern State in Wichita Falls. Uh, I, I started. I'm, I've been co I've been a teacher for 17 years. This is my 12th year to coach. I took a break. I actually came to Cedar Park. Uh, I've been there for what 12, 13 years. After a while, it just kind of all runs together. But I coached there for several years, and I, I stopped coaching because. Uh, I had a baby and my second son, and then I had the opportunity to come back, and uh, I did. I stepped into basketball with not much experience in basketball, but with an amazing crew that was really great teachers, great mentors. I mean, there is no, I, I have the most, if, if everybody knew, um, if they knew what I came in with and the amazing staff I get to work with every day, everybody would be green with envy because it's a good trip for me. It's been a good ride. Uh, before I was at Cedar Park, I was at Plano East and Clark, so the big school wasn't uh, new to me. Um, uh, that's really, that's all. I teach Spanish, and um, that's it. I coach volleyball and basketball, and that's really, that's all there is to it. Yeah, you mentioned a word, diversity, Donnie. I mean, they, um, or they did. Um, I mean, that that's important, too. We always think, don't we always think, like, okay, we have to get, people that have played it to division one call it. I mean, I think there's a lot of great leaders out there that can lead our girls and help them out. It doesn't always have to be a, a maybe even a basketball coach or a basketball player. You know, you know, one of the things that I look for in my staff and, and I think you can see with these three, uh, I look for workers. I mean, I, I want workers. Uh, I, I don't, you know, I'm not necessarily overly concerned with how much they know as far as the X's and O's, because that's where I should be able to provide that as the head coach. Um, I should be able to get a, a mentor role uh, to provide um, some of those, you know, tips. Uh, now I do feel like you have to have somebody on staff that has, you know, a, a diverse knowledge or, or to, 
expanded knowledge. And that's where I, you know, felt like it was so important to bring Cami with me, um, knowing her being a head coach for as long as she has and um, knowing the previous experience playing, you know, those things were big, but, you know, when it comes to just filling out a staff, you know, I, I look for just a workers and, and I want loyal people. Like, you know, the thing about these three is they have backgrounds that have put them in situations where they're either smaller schools mm -hmm. to where they have to work a lot. Like Cammie's probably, I mean, she's like me. We went small school. We did three or four sports. It was nothing for us. You know, cross country, you know, basketball, track, you know, I mean, it didn't matter. It was just, they all ran together, you know, so Cammie and I were used to that. So we're not used to, or we're used to the, the hard work or the, the multiple sports. Um, JR, as he mentioned earlier, he was doing three sports here when he first started. Um, so he's used to doing extra, you know, doing more. And Coach Brewer, I mean, she's coached cross country, soccer, volleyball, basketball. I mean, she's coached everything. So, so the people that I try to surround myself with, it's important to me that they're not afraid of work um that they're okay with accepting work um and then understanding that it's not gonna be easy you know some of the work that i give them like i ask them to do, do a lot i mean i do and i know that sometimes it's tough um but i also know that it's it requires a level of commitment and the kids will see that and i i really believe our kids saw that this year and i'm not saying that just because we won the state championship that that validates a lot of it but you know, our kids saw that our coaches worked hard this year. Let, let me let me ask you the, all this question in a sense that um, what what if you have what if you have I'm going right in, I'm going into a new situation so I need your help. I have an assistant coach that was offered the job behind me to take over that job. So I'm going in brand new to an area that I don't know. How do you go about Donnie finding people? What was your key to that? Well, first of all, I think for your district to try to hire your assistant before you had a chance to talk to her and leaving and potentially taking your assistant, I think that was kind of, I mean, I think that you should have the opportunity to bring your assistant first. I mean, I, you know, frankly, I mean, if somebody tried to take K away from me without giving me the chance to, you know, I, I don't really, you know, um, but uh, in regards to how do you find, like, first of all, I think that it's important for an individual like like yourself and myself to have a resource base like a, a network like for instance mike you know his group text you know um having that kind of uh, you know resource to where you can pull from other people um i'm on a website called texasbasketballcoaches.com it's um matt jones runs it. it's hardwood texas it's a that's oh, great, probably, great. Uh, it's got over 500 i mean it literally has over 500 <laughs> coaches on it i mean it's unbelievable yeah. at the, the amount of resources that that has on it. And um, so, you know, I think it's so important to try to have the resources around you to where when it's time for you to get a position or, you know, hire somebody, you can at least talk to some people to, to, to put some feelers out. You know, I'm not stupid. I'd love to keep these three with me for the next 10 years. Mm -hmm. But I know that at some point, one of them are, are going to have an ambition to be a head coach. And I hope that for them. I really do. I I want that more than anything for them. Do I want them to leave? No, but if it means that they have a chance to pursue a professional career and to be a head coach, you know, I want that for them. And it's my job to make sure that either A, I've mentored my junior high coaches well enough to take over that position, or B, I need to have my network, you know, in place to where I can pull people in. 
Um, and you hope that they fit you, you know, like when I, when I hired Cammy, you know, I didn't know that we were going to be this, you know, close. I didn't know we were going to work this well together. People said we would, you know, but I didn't, I didn't know that for sure. Um, and like coach Brewer alluded to earlier, we, we all have our differences. You know, we all have our diverse, you know, in our, our pockets that we know. Um, but I think that we all have that same underlining belief that we're going to work hard for kids. And we're going to make sure we put them in the best possible position to succeed. If that means that we got to stay up a couple more hours to, you know, break down film and catch a few more tendencies, then that's what we're going to do. Yeah, it's, so you're building a coaching team is what you're doing, which is yeah. it's hard. I know it's not that easy. You guys done a terrific job. And what are the roles of your coaches? Can each one of them – I'd love to have each one of them kind of explain well, you, their role. I'll make it easy on you if you want. Um, if you can share your screen – uh, or let me share yeah, my screen. With you, you can share your screen, Dom. Okay. Sure. I'm going to show you um, one of the things that we do, I think, that's very, you know, that helps us out a lot. Mm -hmm. um, let me see if I can share. Here we go. Um, we do, we used to do this at the very beginning of the year, each year. Um, it's our kind of coaching responsibility sheet, but they've been with me for long enough now to where it's, we don't have to do it as much. Um, and so it's, let me get to it here. Okay, share screen. Oh, I'm sorry, it's taking just a second here. This is where my assistants come into play. They they help me out a lot. Uh, they can't help you right now. Parts. So here's the here's our coach's responsibility. Right, got it. <laughs> so on this sheet right here, we talk about what we, you know, what our roles are throughout the year. So like, for instance, you know, Coach Romero and I, we work a lot with offense. So, you know, I'll talk with him about some sets and stuff that we run. Um, obviously, Coach K could be on every one of these things just because uh, her and I, you know, we came together and we're, we're extremely close in our visions and we, I try to run everything through her. Um, but I also want to empower my coaches to make sure that they have, you know, roles and they have, you know, things that they can work on separately. Like, when I get down here towards the bottom, strength, and it's, I don't deal a single thing with strength and conditioning. That's all Coach Romero, Coach Brewer, and Coach K. I, I don't, I couldn't tell you the first thing about our weight room at, at all, but I can tell you that my kids get stronger and faster and better. Um, and I trust Coach Romero and I trust Coach K. And then now with Coach Brewer bringing her expertise in, she's kind of let Coach K lessen that a little bit. And so it's just Coach K does our Saturday in season workouts. That's her baby. Um, and the kids don't let anybody else fool with her on that. That's their time. So, um, but we break that down in season, out of season. And Coach Romero is very meticulous about how that works. Um, we go to when we do our leadership and team chemistry. Coach Brewer is very big about um, keeping our girls in, in good spirits and talking with them. If I need things, um, she helped me coordinate a community service project to a nursing home this year. Um, and that was part of our team chemistry stuff. Uh, academics, you'll see right here. I say all coaches, um, but Coach Brewer has, has really headed that up this year. She's kind of taken over the lead when it comes to checking grades. Public relations, um, that's Coach Romero. Any social media, any, uh, you know, special nights. You know, if I need a singer at halftime, that's Coach Brewer, Coach Romero. Uh, middle school nights. Um, you know, all, all this stuff is like, um, is what they, I don't have to worry about the these things I can check it to make sure they're doing it but I don't have to they, they 
Coach K is in charge of the inventory, which she hates me and she would cut my wrist if, if you know, every day when she looks at the inventory, but this that's <laughs> part of her job, unfortunately. Um, and uh, Coach K also oversees our managers, which this year, uh, we let Coach Brewer kind of do that this year because Coach Brewer had coached our manager this year uh, from our freshman team last year. So they had a really good relationship. So Coach Brewer kind of, you know, headed that up a little bit. So some of those are a little flexible, but this kind of gives me a, a basic guideline of what my coaches are responsible for. Um, and then here's another thing that I'll, I'll share with you that trickles down to, I actually had to have this when I came in for my interview here. Um, and I think this is something that could very much help when you're building a program. Um, this is my middle school responsibilities. Um, so I had to, when I interviewed here, I had to have um, an itemized deal on what my middle school and junior high coaches were expected to do. Like 90% of the fact practice will focus on fundamentals of the game, emphasizing each proper shooting form. But I had to go through and have this all detailed. Um, so I think that part of, you know, your question earlier about your roles and is, I think that if you can give them some of, the more you can give your coaches to make them feel like they have a responsibility, the better you're going to get out of them. Mm -hmm. you, you know, like if, if I tell, if, if coach Romero is just seen as my JV coach and that, then he, it's hard for him to want to work hard all year round. But when Coach Romero knows that not only is he responsible for coaching the JV, but he's also responsible for everything, social media, like he designs all of our gear. So like coaching shirts, kids' shirts, shoes, like all that, that's all Coach Romero. Um, when we went for the playoffs, Coach Romero and Coach Brewer do the itinerary. Uh, they coordinate times when we're going to ride places, shoot. Coach Brewer coordinates the lunches and stuff with Coach Romero, and Coach K does the bus request. So they all know their, you know, certain pockets and their certain roles, and they have that ownership of it. Um, and I think that's important because, again, I had to learn that when I took a, a step back as an assistant because I started off one year as an assistant, and then I went straight into head coaching. And so I didn't really, like, understand how an assistant could be used, and I felt like, I didn't value my assistants when I first started. Mm -hmm. And then I had the chance to be an assistant under Coach Brackle for six years. And I he made me work. Like he was like, hey, you're doing this, this, this. And it really made me feel a part of it. And I and I took a lot of ownership in it. And so when we won, it felt more important to me. I didn't just feel like an assistant. I felt like I had a big part in what we were doing. And um, it's like you try to get your kids to buy in to what you're doing. It's the same thing with the coaches. You got to get your coaches to buy into what you're doing. And you got to get your coaches to believe in you. And they're going to believe in you more so when they feel like you believe in them and you give them a responsibility. Um, a perfect example, we're driving back from the state semifinal game and Coach Brewer, I, I've got all this crap going on in my head. And I look at Coach Brewer, I say, hey, I need you to get the bus request done for the, she looks at me, she goes, Coach, that's what Coach K does. And I don't want to overstep my boundaries. And I right. said, you're exactly right. Like, you're exactly right. We don't need to mess this machine up, Coach K. You got the bus request. But it's that, to me, it's that kind of relationship where they understand what they have to do and how important it is. Um, 
so I think that when you're building your staff, Kevin, I think that that's, that's important is try to give them, even if it's the smallest thing, but you got to make them have value. You, you've got to, you got to appreciate the junior high all the way up to the high school coach and make them have some kind of value. That's, that's a great, I love how you delegated responsibility. Um, I'm a, I've been at a small single A school. I've done it all. I'm not saying that I'm not bragging, but I have, I have, to do, I have to do it all. Uh, and I, my assistant coach young was actually a very great. She did a lot of, she had a lot of responsibility as well. And I think that's, that's a big reason why they hired her. They feel like she can carry on our culture and tradition. Hey, I want each coach to kind of talk about their specialty. I'm actually going to recruit JR to design some of my gear that coming up. So I don't know what you charge, JR, but I might hey, recruit you. I'm going to tell you this, Kevin. I want, I want each one of them to talk about what they do because yes. you, have, you have no idea the impact that they have done for, for what we do. Like, when we build our scout report, it's every one of them brings something into that report and it comes out all on the same page. And um, yeah, I mean, and like I said, JR, he can hook you up because he, he's got a lot of style for our kids for sure. <laughs> so any, any coach, you can do it however you want. Uh, I, I want to hear from each one. It'd be great on. Yeah, uh, I, I would like, you know, they could start down with this, you know, I like, because Coach K can kind of talk about what she does for us, you know, and, and practices with the defense and what she does for us with plays and stuff, set plays and preparation for reports. And JR can talk kind of about his. And, you know, Coach Brewer can expand on, especially here recently, Coach Brewer really picked up a lot with our stat, you know, just kind of really finding out a lot of the little pockets on what people do statistic-wise. Mm -hmm. um, so they all three can – uh, share because they all three they may not want to but they should <laughs> I guess I'll start it um you know kind of when Donnie and I first uh first met you know about the job and stuff and kind of talked about you know our strengths and things like that you know I was since I was a head coach for um you know for 12 years you know I've kind of like most head coaches you know very very you know well known on the offensive side and so um, I actually kind of flipped roles. And so when, when we had talked and of course with him coming in and implementing, you know, the stuff that he wanted to do, he was a lot more familiar with, with that at first. And so I ended up shifting to um, more of the defensive side. And so that's my primary responsibility during practices is of course to, to kind of focus on the defense. And I still do a lot with the offense because I, you know, I'm, one of the things that I feel like is one of my strengths is just picking up the little things, you know, the intricate details from offensive sets and things that people are doing. But again, my role really turned to, to the defensive side and it really honestly made me a better defensive coach in the process and um, just really diving in and, 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 you know, understanding what he, you know, what he, his vision was as far as what he wanted. I mean, we knew when we came in, we wanted to have, you know, rely on, a, on our man to man defense and really get the kids to buy into that. And, and so just from there, um, you know, just all the drills and stuff that we worked on was just really trying to get, you know, our kids to be the best defensive, you know, team that we could possibly create. Um, and then I also do, um, I do a lot of the shooting stuff, a lot of the different types of shooting workouts. Um, Saturday practices are typically more, um, more mine, wouldn't you say, Coach Ott, probably? Uh, absolutely. I don't feel um, so I do a lot more of the Saturday practices, you know, just kind of the, you know, shooting drills and mm -hmm. kind of 
but they call it K time. <laughs> so we, uh, girls and I get K time on uh, Saturdays and I do a lot of the, uh, like once we get into season, Coach Romero does a lot of the, um, the preseason, um, you know, heavy lifting type workouts. And then kind of once, once we get to the maintenance phase, um, I kind of shift over and do a lot more um, of our of our workouts during season. Um, and so, um, and then I guess just, you know, besides those things, just being Mama Kay, you know, I'm the Coach Brewer and I, being the females on the staff, I mean, you know, you develop a different relationship with the kids and, you know, just making sure that they're good and, and, you know, kind of tending to their needs that, you know, may extend, you know, above and beyond, you know, the gym, because if, you got happy kids, you know, on and off the court, they're going to play a lot, lot better for you. So. Yeah. Let me, yeah. Let me ask a question really quick, Donnie is does having coach Williamson, her voice is strong with the team, but when you come back, doesn't it make your voice even stronger, more powerful because of your other coaches having such a voice in your program? Well, and they trust, they trust that I'm trying to surround them with the right people, you know, um, and they trust that, I, if I'm willing to relinquish this much responsibility to them, then they, the kids immediately feel they trust him. Like, like I don't Saturday practices. I know this sounds crazy, but I, I don't even really have to go up there Saturday. I really don't. Like, I feel like coach K and coach Romero and coach Brewer can handle that all. Usually what happens is coach Romero and coach K do it. And then coach Brewer and I, you know, we kind of shoot the breeze in the office and break down the film and talk <laughs> about stats and, you know, I mean, and that, that's really kind of how it happens. And um, because Coach Brewer has gravitated to the number stuff and, and it helps me out so much. Sure. And so on Saturdays, I don't, I don't ever want to interfere with Coach K time because that's, that's when they get a chance to bond with her, right? And if I'm in there, you know, walking around talking and I'm in there, you know, saying it just – I don't want the focus to be on me. I want the focus to be on her and coach Romero and their relationship with those kids on Saturday. And, you know, and then coach Brewer gets that time the same way during second period, our freshmen, we don't, we kind of let Brewer, you know, we, at first we started helping coach Brewer, but then this year we just kind of said, look, it's all because she started coming in with no cards and plans and wanting to really. And so again, it's like I've mentioned earlier, I want to give them responsibilities. And like Kay mentioned her part on Saturdays, she's, she's correct in her assessment. I don't consider Saturdays my practice. I don't. I consider that a Coach K practice, and I'm just there to watch. And if she needs me to get something, I will. Um, so, and then Coach Romero, he can tell you more so from what he does, because he does a huge his, – his whole strength and conditioning and, and that kind of stuff has just been yeah, astronomical sure. for us. Go ahead, Coach Rowe. So, uh, the, you know, like Coach Ott said, we're all kind of in charge of our own thing right there. Um, one thing that Coach Ott first came in, and I'll tell you a funny story about Coach Ott. Uh, so when he, he, he had first got the job, and, um, and uh, we're over here, and we're sitting in my man cave, and, and he goes, hey, uh, he, goes, he goes, shoot me straight, man. He goes, how, how good can we be? I said, oh, Coach, well, we could be in the regional tournament. And he laughed. He was like, this school hadn't even won a district championship, you know, an outright district championship. And I said, no, coach, I'm telling you, we could be in the regional tournament, but we're really weak and we don't know how to, we don't know how to dribble. And he goes, what do you mean you don't know how to dribble? I said, they don't know how to get open except with the screen. That's the only way they could get open. 
And, and, uh, and I said, but I'll tell you what, one thing, we're really weak. And he goes, so, so talk to me about that. I said, well, uh, right over here, you know, I thought I knew how to, how to do weightlifting and, uh, and, and whatnot. And then I started coaching at, uh, at Cedar Park and I started uh, checking out the, the football program, uh, you know, coaching in there with them. I was like, oh man, this is good stuff. So all of a sudden, you know, I'd always been told that, um, you know, no, we do CrossFit or we do this, we do that. And I'm like, we're just getting the, the tar beat out of us. Because I, I was here uh, previous five years before Coach Ock came, and we're just getting the tar beat out of us, and they're not even pressing. They're just kicking our butt in the paint. Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and so I just told Coach Ott, said, hey, if you, if you trust me to do this, we're going to get stinking strong. We're going to get really strong. And so what I did is I took those, uh, that, that, the four cores, um, uh, basically your football-type lifts, and I said, okay, the, let me redesign this to where we're just – Man, it's such a pleasure to be on Championship Vision Podcast one of the premier podcasts for top high school coaches and rising coaches in the game of basketball. My name is Michael Williams, and I'm the founder of the Williams Advancement Agency. WAA is a full-service agency here to assist all coaches at every level to be successful in the position they are now and obtain the future coaching position they're looking for. We're going to get our kids strong. And in a course of, um, of six weeks, our kids on between squat, between squat, bench, and incline, our kids gained a thousand pounds collectively as a program, and, and that's within six weeks. And 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 was there pushback? Oh yeah, they were sore. They were sore that they didn't like it. They thought they were going to be bodybuilders and everything. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, we're able to take a beating on the court. We're playing. We're in Region Three that year, and and you know, Cedar Park, you know, typically isn't known for your athleticism. And we're playing these Region Three teams, and we're able to withstand these Region Three teams just taking a beating. And, and, and winning, and, and then the kids see that, they saw that. And then before you know it, that, you know, there wasn't any kickback anymore. And then, you know, when Coach K comes uh, for the maintenance phase, say, hey, let, let's scale it back, let's do this, let's not make them sore, we need to do more body weight tub, more band stuff. Uh, and and that, that sore, you know, it, it really complemented what we did. So, um, you know, when we did a remax the next season, we didn't lose too much. You know, yeah, they might go down 10, 15 pounds on bench press, but it wasn't it wasn't significant as as what what more, more people would think, um, and then of course you know we got we got Coach Brewer in, in the mix, and Coach Brewer uh, was really dynamic in helping us do do the uh, the stuff to where you know uh, injury prevention and and core strength, and she was really good on that. So I learned a lot from her as well, and I learned a lot from Coach K. Um, and Coach K teases me. She's like, Coach Rowe, you can't do my workouts. I'm like, you're right, I can't, and you can't do my workouts either. And she laughs, you know, and, and you know her and I. I kind of like a brother and sister. As a matter of fact, whenever uh, whenever she got hired, Coach Dustin Fott told me, he goes, hey, um, y'all just hired uh, one of the best uh, women in the state of Texas. And I said, really, who's that? He goes, Cammie Weems, and she's my friend. And I stood in De Dustin and Derek's wedding, and he goes, you and her are going to get along just fine. And, and with her and I, it's like a brother and sister. You know, like, you know, uh, I'm not very sensitive, and she's not very sensitive either. And so we go in there. And it was crazy when Coach Ott would, you know, he'd walk in and we're at each other's throat. Or Coach Brewer, like, holy crap, these coaches actually like each other. They're talking to each other like this in the office. And so, it, yeah, it was a good relationship. And so um, that was a lot of fun, you know, just uh, as far as the strength-wise, is seeing our kids able to, um, able to just be able to take a beating and be injury-free. And, you know, knock on wood, we, we haven't had a lot of injuries in basketball. And, and as it's really helped. And, you know, Coach Brewer had been in Cedar Park even before me. And she came in and she goes, Coach Rowe, your girl, these girls are cut. These girls, you know, they got some muscle definition. And I said, yeah, I said, we're not bulked up, but, but we're in shape. 
And then, um, and so we were really blessed to, to, to be able to have uh, an athletic fatigue to be able to take, you know, 30 games. I mean, and realistically, that's what you're trying to get to. You're trying to get to 30 to 35 games, you know, throughout the course of the season. And, and, and that, that, that's crazy sometimes, you know, and even this year, we were able to, you know, uh, with the type of workouts that we did, we had three playoff games in one week, which is unheard of. Four games in six, four playoff games in six days, mm-hmm. which is unheard of. And our and our kids, you know, uh, good, good gosh, they, they took on every challenge. Uh, you know, we did compression shorts, uh, pants with them, um, where, where we just tried to get their legs underneath them and where we scaled back the weight training and did more flexibility and band work. And um, I'll tell you what, it really did pay off. And our kids uh, adapt very well to that. Yeah, JR, so. make sure I get make sure I get your workout. If you can send me some information on all, all three of it. What I love is you, you, you had diversity within just the strength program. Absolutely. Uh, um, well, I, really, it's strength and performance. That's what it is. And every each one of you had your own had your own uh, emphasis on it, which I think is a big part of why you guys are so successful. So I, I would love the more detail on what you do with your strength program. Because every school is different, I'm telling you. Oh, absolutely. But I, it looks like what you're doing works. Yeah, well, you know, there's a lot of coaches that'll say, you know, and, and Coach Oz not one of these, but there's a lot of coaches at other places I've been that said, no, that's a football lift. No, 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 strong is strong. You know, if you're strong, you're strong, you know, and, and your core your core needs to be there. Now, that you also need to understand the dynamics of, you know, during the season, we're not going to do a lot of overhead stuff because our kids are – you know, they're doing a lot of that, you know, so we're, we're not going to strain that. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to find other things that we can do to, to build the belts or, you know, to make sure that that we have a strong core. And um, uh, we really focus more on explosion. And our kids were were really explosive this year. And, you know, to the point of we were uh, just rebounding wise, you know, uh, I believe in the state game, we grabbed like 27 rebounds, you know, uh, over the course of the playoffs. I think we're 80 percent defensive rebounding team. Um, and, you know, that's when you see the true payoff. It's like, holy moly, this stuff, you know, we're getting up. Or, you know, even on the bench, like, you know, at least tonight, 23 for us, she's probably one of the most athletic kids in the state. And she'd go up for a rebound, her, Megan Woods, 22, who's a volleyball kid, a two-sport athlete. And Kate and I would be, just look at each other and say, whoa, she was up there, <laughs> you know. And, uh, and you know, it, it was, it's always fun whenever you can watch your kids play and just say, oh, wow, <laughs> that was impressive, <laughs> you know. And so it's been pretty awesome. Yes. That's great. Hey, do you think, y'all, that your, your strength program, I know at the girls' level, and we just had our last state tournament game, we were missing shots. We were missing layups. Now, is that because of, you know, maybe we didn't do enough? I'm always critical of myself. I think we probably should have done more to get our girls stronger because we were finishing. We were not finishing against strong teams. Does that help the girls finish better, you think, when you're explosive drills? Oh, absolutely. You know, we were able to finish through contact a lot, you know, and, and that's another one, you know, uh, to see our kids. I think there's a clip of uh, Gisela Mall, number 21 for us, uh, and she finished through contact in the fourth quarter, which was huge, and got, got an and one uh, with Liberty, uh, you know, who does such a good job, and they're right behind us. It was a one-point lead twice in the fourth quarter, and Gisela Mall goes in and gets a huge and one. And, you know, what? the thing about that girl is she, she never complains about any type of lifting that we do. And, and, and you know, you can just see her. You know, you can see her develop. And, and that, that kid took a beating. She, she was on the court, you know, on the floor a lot. She got taken to the floor a lot, especially against Beaumont United, uh, who was really physical with her. Um, and, it, you know, even Elaine King, number 10, she finished through contact, got an and one. Um, 
I think it's it's definitely went hand in hand with uh, how we're able to finish through contact. And uh, but not only that, you know, just to, to to take a beating. And you know, if you're running a seven person rotation or an eight person rotation, you've got to be able to have those kids go through. You know, if there is a, any type of drop off within your bench, um, you got to make sure that those kids are are physically fit and strong to take that beating and keep going. Definitely, I'm definitely going to pick your brain on that, Coach Brewer. Hey, take it away, Coach. <laughs> Okay, uh, I'm, I'm going to kind of talk on our, our scouting, how we do that. Um, if, I, if I could do a Venn diagram, like how we do our scouting reports, that's what it would look like because we all yeah. are very different. And uh, they, you know, they, um, first of all, again, uh, or let me say first, I've been to state as an assistant coach six times in four different sports. Mm. In uh, cross country, track and field, um, soccer, and now basketball. This is the first number one finish I've ever been a part of. And I can tell you that all every single team, no matter what sport it is that gets to this level, it's because they are willing to do, it's not even that they're willing to do the work it'll take to get there. They're willing to do more than anyone else will do to get there. Um, I, I uh, We all bring something different with our scouting. Um, one thing that's really important that I should mention right off the bat is we don't share our scouting reports with each other. We send them directly to Donnie because if you can envision yourself in a meeting and someone says, someone, someone points out this one thing, well then everyone's attention goes to that one thing. So you don't really have an objective uh, scouting report. Hmm. My focus, uh, I, I give Donnie what I call statistical scouting report. Um, I analyze uh, test data for our district. Um, I teach Spanish. I, uh, I'm in charge of, uh, of analyzing every single school in our district and finding anomalies and patterns and stuff like that. And I, I let me take, I hate math, but I love statistics because, um, yeah. yeah, statistics, uh, numbers tell stories. They either validate what you already believe or what you think you might see, or they show you that you need to go in a different direction. So um, I've always been fascinated with tests and measurements. And uh, like I said, I hate math, but I love numbers. The first thing that I do with a team is I print off their roster and then I print off their schedule and I look at scores. Low scores get my attention. Um, any, any school that posts stats for their team, uh, one school posted that one player had a 24 average. She had an average score of 24 points a game. So I looked at this. That's a high. That's super. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I looked at their their stats, what they posted, and they only posted nine games, but they played 24. Now I want to know why only those nine. Well, they had the those nine had the widest margins of points. So um, the data was, if you looked at the raw number, that data was kind of misleading. So then we start looking at, we start chart, uh, chart charting. And we start figuring out where are those points coming from? Are they coming from transitions, steals? Are they coming from set offensive plays? Um, and once we can find that out, once we figure out where are a team's points coming from, then we can figure out some, that's as far as my skill set goes. I give Donnie that information. I'm like, here's their average possession. We played teams that where, where the scores are really low, where the scores are suppressed. It's a possession game. So against Liberty Frisco, uh, we knew going into that that 
their average possession for most games was about 23 seconds per possession um, against some of their competitors, you know, in a 32-minute game. If you've got the ball for 23 of those minutes, well, you know, you can't score if you don't have the ball. So I give Donnie that information. I, I tell him this is their average possession. And then him and Kay and uh, him and Kay come up in row. They come up with uh, actually Donnie for this specific case that I'm talking about. When I gave him that average possession, he's like, "All right, we're going to do defensive intervals for 30 seconds at a time." That's something that would never cross my mind. But uh, but like I said, you know, we all bring something different to the table. Um, yeah, like I said, we look for points per game. We look for low scores. We look at. I love it when schools post their stats um they're given they're really giving away a lot and some districts make their schools do that and they're really right. i'm not going to complain but um any rate uh so i send coach ott my statistical scouting report Kay and really don't care about numbers <laughs> i can start rattling them off to them and i can watch their uh, their face their eyes glaze over their face or uh, whatever but coach ott and i like to talk about them and, uh, you know, uh, once he gets everyone's scouting report, he goes to the whiteboard in our office and he kind of puts together a mix of everything that we have sent him. And then he has this, uh, he can tell you more about it, but he has a template that he uses that is, it's, it's I mean, our kids, we, there's, there's not much that we don't know going into a game. Um, I like surprises, but not those kinds of surprises. So we try to make sure that we are as prepared as possible for what's coming down the line. You know, it's, it's, it really just comes down to drive, desire, and preparation. Kevin, yeah, I'm going to segue into this because I, I really do want to talk about this because I am proud of what my coaches have done with the scouting reports. Um, and I, I've called up our state semifinal one, as well as our, our state championship uh, scout report. And I'm gonna share this uh, with you, because I, again, like I said, I, I think that it's, um, it's something that uh, I, I know for a fact our kids, uh, it's helped them. And I know that, that I think it's what's set, allowed us to make a little separation in some of the games that we played. Um, this is our first scouting report. So basically, I, I'm an AVID guy. Um, I taught AVID when I was at North Crowley. And AVID taught me the simple thing called one-pagers, where you try to put all the information on one page. Mm -hmm. So this, this is a front and back that we give them. Uh, I'll, let me break it to where you can see a little easier here. There we go. So this is like um, the first page that it looks like it's all the personnel that we feel like are key players. Um, this actually is the one she was talking about. Coach Bruce, this kid was averaging 24 points a game. But the thing that we found when we broke down of it, 16 of those points were in transition. So if we just took away transition, she's an eight point player a game, right? Sure. So. So that helped out a lot. So right here, you can see where he said, identify her in transition. Like that was big for us, like knowing where she was at. But we talk a little bit about each player um, and we give kind of insight on each player. And this comes from Coach Romero and Coach K bringing me their little tidbits from when they watch film. Like um, this was one that we, um, where is that? right here, she gets six offensive rebounds per game is where a bulk of her scoring comes from. So we knew, okay, just block her out. 
if, if she's getting most of her points from that. Um, we got down here, we talk about their offense. So we say, you know, United defense, they run a 1-2-2 two, two half court, do some trap, a 3-2 two, or 2-3 two, zone. And so we kind of give them a little bit of what they do. We, we get open on the wings, even utilize high post entries if they're playing tough out on us. Um, I write here, they're a momentum team. So if they have a you know a couple big threes, you get ready because they're going to try to push and run. Um, then there's our offense breakdown. And then I give some keys for us here at the bottom. So keep them off the offensive board, especially 32 and 13. Patience and discipline while identifying their defenses because they mix so many different defenses United did. And then we have a little saying in the playoffs, punish and advance. That's it's just we just every punish advance done. We that's our we we get up seven, we want to be up twenty. And I think that led, you know, this year our average margin playoff victory was thirty point five points a game. Hmm. And the yeah. only game the entire year that was in single digits was a state championship game when we won by seven. Uh, every other game was by double digits. And, and I, our, our kids take that mentality, you know. And, that, and to me, that's part of coaching is, like, you got to get your kids to believe in your mentality. Like Coach K said earlier, we're going to be a defensive man team. And they were like, what? We, we've only done zone. Like, that's – well – we we're going to make them believe this is the mentality. So I'm going to coach this away. We're going to preach this away. Uh, just like we made scouting ports a big deal when I got here, coach K can share with the story. My first year when I got here, uh, my niece played for me. She was a senior and her little leadership buddy was our senior point guard who was coach K's little leadership buddy kind of helped her along. And we were playing in a tournament and we were playing Belton. And Belton had some pretty key little players. And so I did this scout report and I give it to him. And before the game, we're in the locker room and I'm going over the scout report. And my niece and her little leadership buddy have no idea who they're guarding or anything on there. And Coach K is smiling right now because she knows what's about to happen after that. Um, I didn't say anything to him. I just was like, all right, you know, that's fine. And we go out there and I bench both of them. I didn't start them. And we, we lost that game. And we got off to a bad start in the first quarter without him. Came back. I put him in the second quarter. We came back and fought. We, we almost won. And I told him in the locker room, you'd won that game if you were prepared. But the fact that you weren't prepared and you didn't take the time to read what I took the time to do, then we have a big issue. Like, because you don't reciprocate what I want. Like, I want to work hard. I want you to value my time. You're not valuing my time. You're not working hard. You didn't even read the scout report. And since that day, as Coach K can tell you, Coach Rowe can tell you, because they were here that, that moment, we got kids sending scout reports to us. Like, like, that, like we, we, I could call up my senior point guard scout report that she sent over Frisco Liberty to us because they know that that's important to us. Um, here's the state championship one. This is, I'm really proud of this scout report because we worked extremely hard on this. And I have no doubt um, that this was, a big in our in our game because we had it down to the possession like coach brewer said um so this is our frisco liberty scout uh and let me get to the book size so here we had this kid number three was an all-region player and coach k and i noticed one night that she's a right-handed shooter but steps off her right foot to shoot a right-handed shot hmm. 
Hmm. Now, why that's important is because in high school, kids that right foot, right hand shooter have trouble crossover stepping and going right. So if you close out on a hard shooter that's right foot stepping into it, where right foot's their pivot, they want to naturally go left because that left foot's open. So we closed and played left drive, and she had five points on the game. And um, there's no question that, like I put right here, steps into her shots with her right foot, so we must close out on her and take away the left. Like, we, we, we knew that detail about her. Um, coming down here to number 24, number 24, especially coming off the pop-up top. So Coach Brewer charted six games. She took 78% of her shots from the right top of the key because they ran a two-man screen on the other side. She would slip, pop, and shoot the three. So we took that away from her, and 24 struggled. Um, number 23, we must make her think she is a scorer because she shot one shot in seven games outside of 15 foot. All she wanted to do was get in the rack and dish out back to the shooters, to the drip in the window. So Coach K said, you know what? When she drives in the paint, instead of doing our normal help side play playmaker line, we're going to fan out and cover the drift in the window and make that kid play. And that completely threw them off. I mean, they had nine points in the first half. Um, coming down here, we talked about their offense, about the two-man ball screen in action. Everything revolves around 24 in the picks. Crowd number three. But I mean, this is, so we give these to the kids, you know, and that's a, a again, it's a big part of, of our program. And, and I don't do that by myself, Kevin, as much as I'd like to say, I do that all myself. And yeah, you know, I, I take everything from each one of those coaches you see on the zoom and it goes into that report. And I don't mind telling the kids at all. I tell the kids all the time, Hey, look, coach K found this out right here about this kid. You know, Coach Brewer did the numbers and found this out. Coach Romero saw that 24 always shoots there, you know, like, because, again, it goes back to if your coaches have a, have a voice and if your coaches feel respected and if the players know that you trust your coaches and that you as the leader respect your coaches, then there's, there's not going to be a problem if I'm out and I need Coach Brewer to run practice or I need Coach K to run there's not going to be a problem with that. And they know that every one of our coaches um, do a great deal in that. The last thing that we do that I think is really cool that Coach K does on game days is um, she takes – she takes she has K time on game days, and during that time it's a shooting routine and it's a playlist that she goes through with the kids. And I want to show you this because – when it was a one-point game and I called a timeout, I ran a play that we go over all the time, and it scored an and one and put us up four in the state championship game. And I'm a believer that because we repped it all the time, it, was, it wasn't a shock to us to do it. Um, so this right here is uh, – let me share screen. This is our playlist that Coach K reviews with the kids every game day. So we go – I put it on a note card, and on a note card – this sits with me during the game in my pocket. And it tells me like our man office, our man offenses against United that game, we could have run motion, head tap two, Indiana, Duke, red, blast, ram, twist, wall, trail, 41. 
zone, we can run high, low, exchange, flat, wing, Georgia X, Ohio, Buckeye, slide, runner, X out, Louisville, Tulsa, Bells. Like, we should be able to run all that. Press break, we're going to one up, two up, clear, three up, three up, cutter. Inbounds. And then what I do is this playlist, after watching film, I'll go through and I'll highlight certain plays that I really like from watching film that I think could hurt them. And Coach Brewer actually asked me about it the other day in my office. She looked in my top drawer and I had all my play cards stacked in there. And she's like, you keep your play cards. I was like, every game. And she was like, why are they, why is there highlights on them? And I said, I highlight what I feel will work because of watching the film that week. So that if I get in a pinch, I can look at my card and see it's highlighted. And I'm like, okay, I got to trust. I got to trust it's going to work because that's what my coaches and I all saw on film all week. Um, so it's, it's that kind of preparation that makes me really proud to, to be a part of, of this staff and to have, you know, them all working uh, with me because they take their job seriously. And uh, I think the product shows with our kids. Yeah, winning's no accident, right? Your preparation has led to your success big time. Yeah, I want to ask about time because I know you have to go through a lot. Of course, I'm a huddle guy. So um, I know you guys probably watch a lot of huddle. Um, you got to have a time commitment if you're going to watch film and you just can't watch a few clips. It takes time. Coaches, talk about the time commitment that it takes away from your family, all that. That that that's part of that's that's part of the sacrifice you have to make, right? I'll I'll let them expand on that because I'm a little probably abnormal when it comes to film. I <laughs> um, so I'll let them expand on that because I I I'm bad about film. Well, like from my perspective, I mean, I think especially when we had the snow apocalypse and and uh, that what that that week and a half run and then all the way to state, I. I, I, these last two days, I've caught up on all my TV shows because I, mean, I don't exactly. think I watch TV. I don't think I watch TV for two weeks. I think I watch film, and I swore the day after state, I was like, I'm not watching film again. And then the first thing I did, I went and watched our, I went and watched a replay of our game. Exactly. Uh, but you know, <laughs> you just have to do it. I mean, your kids are grinding, and and I think that's what's so special about our kids is is they see the amount of work that we put in. And they reciprocate that. And so, like, for me, it's easy to, to spend time. And, I mean, I just, I'm single. I have a dog. Um, but it's easy for me to want to, to work that hard because I know that they buy into it and that they, that they trust us in that um, and that they're watching film, too. Um, and so, like I said, I, I mean, I, I know that going to state in that, that final game, I mean, I, I fell asleep you know, both nights before before our Wednesday game, I fell asleep at night with my computer in my bed, <laughs> you know. Right. But, I, you know, again, I think it just comes down to the fact that our kids see that and they reciprocate what we put into it. And so for me, it's not a question. I just know that it's, you're just grinding right now. You know, it's just part of the grind. And that, you know, you can you can sleep and you can watch TV when, when season's over. So, exactly. so that's, that's my perspective on it, so. Yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, like I said, I was a football coach. I was a linebacker coach from 2012 to times we, you know, we played in uh, multiple state championship games at Cedar Park and made really long playoff runs. So I was a film junkie to begin with. I'm like, oh, film, yeah, I can watch film. Let's do film. Um, the one thing that that I know that we did do is uh, is what really helps. And this is honestly, 
my personal opinion is Cedar Park athletes, uh, typically, you're not going to be as athletic as some of those other schools. And so, you know, we, we take advantage of anytime we have on film um, to give our kids any type of advantage. And one thing that our kids are is really, really smart. And so we're able to throw different concepts and, uh, and whatnot. I think, uh, actually, well, it was Beaumont United. And, no, it was Corpus Christi, Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial. We threw a half-court, we threw a half-court uh, defense the day before. You know, the day before, uh, you know, we called it 25, and we throw a half-court defense in there. And the first time we run it, we, we ran it for, I think, uh, three or four plays right in a row, and we got turnovers off those plays. And that's just from basically watching film. Um, and our kids are so smart, they're able to pick that stuff up and, uh, and apply that. So that makes it helpful, you know. But if it weren't for film and huddle, uh, like I said, we're, pro we're all huddle snobs. You know, um, if it weren't for that, you know, we wouldn't have been able to do stuff like that. Yeah, that extra work, man. You're, uh, and there's no doubt your kids see that, okay? They see your actions, and they know that, hey, they got to work hard as well. So you guys have a great culture going on. Hey, I'm going to ask Coach Pete a question, guys. Uh, Coach Pete, are you good there? <laughs> hey, what do you think about – what do you think – I mean, what an amazing staff. They run it like a – definitely like a college program. I love the organization they have within their staff, and – they're so co cohesive as a staff. What do you think? Well, I think it's a wonderful way to do it. And uh, so many schools, they don't have the ability to have multiple assistant coaches. And uh, I think there's a lot of those old coaches in the old school, they don't know what to do with uh, assistants. I know all the years that I coached high school and college, I ran the whole practice. I mean, I dominated it with my voice because I grew up coaching. Uh, first job I had, I coached five teams right by myself. Junior high boys, girls, B team, boys, girls, and varsity, you know. But times have changed. If you don't keep up with the change, the change will overwhelm you. You'll get left behind. But I can see that Coach Ott is uh, using his people properly. The worst thing can happen is have a practice out there where your assistants are just watching and listening to you. And that's not going to work. I told Kevin a couple of years ago, I said, number one advice I could give to anybody in basketball is this. You hire an assistant, tell them they are a rebounding assistant coach, period. Uh, because we know, I know, you know, whoever wins the rebounding wars pretty much win every game. Now, that's not an absolute. But I would rather, I know this, you, you let me win the rebounding game with you, I'm probably going to win that game. And I, you learn so much from football sometimes. I know this, the strength coach you've got there, I don't think you can measure how much of an advantage it is to have your kids. When kids get stronger, they get quicker. The fastest people in the world, you won't believe this now, just check it out, are your power weightlifters. They have the quickest reaction in the world. They're big, they're strong, they're massive, and they don't have fat on them. So uh, this thing of weightlifting, it's a critical, critical thing. I have a first cousin that's a Hall of Fame coach here in Georgia. He started the Bigger, Faster, Stronger program in Georgia and has won all the state championships. And um, almost every year that he coached, he would win it. And one of the things I noticed about them on the field 
when the ball was snapped, his kids were the first one to move. First one to move. In other words, they would come off the ball quicker than anybody else. And then their explosion with their hands always pushed the other team backwards. I think that same thing applies in basketball. Have you ever seen a kid that's never lifted a weight? Let's say he's five, seven, or eight in the ninth, tenth grade, weighs 130 pounds. And then after he's lifted weights for about six months to eight months, his whole personality or her whole personality changes. Once they start to feel that change, they're going to be locked into it. But if you've got, there's a great book called The Heart and the Fist. I can't remember the guy's name, but he was the Navy SEAL, graduated from Duke University, went all over the world, et cetera, et cetera. But at the end of his book, he said, if you're going to do anything great, you must be strong. And he was referring to your body, your soul, and your spirit. And I really believe that to be true. And, but, so anything you do that makes them strong. Hello, my name is Coach Charlie Miller, Headmaster Trainer with the TAC Basketball Academy in Dallas, Texas. I'm here to promote the upcoming Championship Vision Podcast Clinic Series brought to us by Coach Kevin Furtado from Lake Oconee Academy in Greensboro, Georgia. Coach Furtado is a well-respected, sought-after coach and found other coaches like him to share their best practices and secrets to success with players, parents, and teams. The clinic will provide two types of virtual clinics, lecture-style via Zoomcast and on-court instructions with coaches and players. Again, my name is Coach Charlie Miller from Attack Basketball Academy, where we work with kids from third grade through high school in a positive and growth-oriented atmosphere that promotes a whole-body approach to well-being. Our programs are designed not only to improve your child's ability on the court, but also to teach him or her valuable skills that will serve them throughout their lives. In those areas, they're never going to forget you from that. It's going to translate into everything that they do. No child wants to feel weak, whether it's physical, whether it's their personality, their emotion, their soul. And that's, that's such a big deal. Those are the kind of kids who will play... I hate to use this word, but demonic pit bull man defense. You have to have a certain attitude. Your body has to be strong. Whereas the kids have to have the physical ability to do what you ask them to do. And if they don't lift weights nowadays, they're not going to be able to do it. And, uh, but the thing that I heard it said this way one time, um, it's we, what we know is important. What we know is really important. But what matters most is what we emphasize in our program. And the question I always watch for is what do you, what are the three things that you emphasize? I, I never, I didn't have an assistant coach at my home school when I came back and I had a manager. Rebounding, rebounding was so important. We ran the break all the time, but I was more concerned with getting offensive rebounding. We taught offensive rebounding, but I had a manager in the practice. All he ever did was say, scream. He screamed as loud as he could. Offensive rebound, offside rebound, offside rebound. But you know, if that kid's not strong, guess what? He's not going to get the rebound. But if he's strong, he is. I, I, and I'm just telling you, so many people, they don't know how to teach weightlifting. It's, it's, you can't just send them in there. They have to have a program. Uh, Rick had the, uh, another coach that I coached was a close friend of mine, was a football coach. And uh, he had a program that was just called the Power Five. Five lifts is all it was. It was done in 20 minutes. But every lift 
was from the armpits down. He never worked here. He said, those were beach muscles and every kid will take care of his own beach muscles, I promise. And, uh, but those power five things were about the lower body, the, 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 the hamstring, the inner core. And we just beat people based pretty much because we were always the strongest team, the strongest team. And um, I think sometimes it's, it's what we emphasize most. That's what our kids are going to do. And it's what they're going to buy into. And I think the other thing is just the thing of, of simplicity. Uh, Jerry Tarkanian used to always say, the more you give your kids, the slower their feet get. But it's to V things down and get those things that you're going to emphasize. It's like running the numbered break. That came a football coach. I've always wondered, coaches, why in the world don't you have spots? for your kids to run to. They do it. What would you do in a football field if the kids, you said, just go line up, you know, we'll snap it to Johnny and we'll run the play. You can't do that. And from what y'all are putting, what I see y'all putting together here, you don't need much help. <laughs> I think you're doing all these things that, that I've been talking about and much, much, much more. But uh, uh, I'll just leave you with this and I've been rattling on too much. But I think sometimes we, we need to understand the power of words with our kids. And it is phrases. You teach with phrases. I had a list of about 25 phrases. You can say a phrase in about three seconds. And I never talk to our kids more than 10 seconds. I'm going to say it in less than 10 seconds if I can and on the run. But Vladimir uh, Horwitz was the greatest pianist that ever lived in his day and time. And they asked him how he became so great. And this is what he said. He said, I practice the scales eight hours a day. Everywhere the scales can be played, that's what I do all day long. And if I master the scales, I can accomplish anything. And then you had the great Beethoven. We all know who that is. And his phrase was this. It's okay to play a bad note every now and then, but it's unforgivable not to play this piano with passion. And that's why kids like to play. It's a, athletics is a, it's made up of passion. And that's why people pay money to come see you play. They want to see your kids get on the floor and get that loose ball. They want to see them take the charge. They want to see passion and they buy into it. But um, y'all don't need to hear all that. I'm not sure how you could do it much better than what y'all are doing. <laughs> Coach, thanks again, man. <laughs> Coach Pete, you said a few things I wanted yeah. to kind of add to because I believe exactly what you're saying with the strength piece. Um, you know, we we give them three little words on rebounding. We don't really teach rebounding, and that's crazy because we're one of the best. I mean, Romero alluded to it earlier. We have an 81% defensive rebounding rate on the year. Uh, in the state game, we had 29 or 27 rebounds to their 16, um, and we use a simple phrase: hit. Fine, get. And it's simple. We're going to hit you because we're, that's, we're, that's we're what strong. I'm because because we've been working out. Get. Like, yeah. When when I was when I was first year, I'd say hit, fine, get. We didn't want to hit anybody because we were weak as rainwater. So we didn't want to hit anybody. We just want to sit there and look right. like baby doves, you know, little baby ducks underneath the rim with their head up, you know, feeding for the, you know. And I'm like, what are we doing? Like, we got to go hit somebody, you know. But then after our kids started getting in the weight room, you, you had said earlier about physical appearance. Yeah, they start feeling confident. When they start to see themselves looking a little better, they, 
There's a little confidence Indeed. involved in that. And then that confidence carries over to, oh, I can hit him. All right. Now I just got to hit, find the ball, and go get it. And um, that's been really, you know, powerful for us. And the, and the last thing I wanted to point out, you had said something about making sure your coaches know, like, have an idea. This is our practice plan right here. Mm -hmm. So I try to give them a practice plan every day. Uh, if I don't have it typed up like this, I write it on the dry erase board. I bring a white, a rollaway white erase, a rollaway board into practice every day, big old white one, and I write all kinds of stuff on it. So anytime during water breaks or anything, you can go look at the board. If they screw up a play, I send them over there with their leadership partner, and I tell them to go draw the play up. And we have leadership partners, so we 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 partner people up like. Um, and that's your partner for the year. It's your accountability partner. So, and if your accountability partner screws up in practice, then you both are in trouble. So, like if if we're if Coach K is talking and I look over there and you know Coach Romero's talking to Coach Brewer and they're playing around, well then I'm going to run both of them because that's you and your accountability partner. Like you know, because my accountability partner should look at me and say, "Hey, Coach is talking, man." Like, all right, like eyes on Coach. Um, so when when my coaches come into practice, Coach Romero, I, I have to do this for Coach Romero mainly because uh, Coach Romero is very schedule oriented. Like, I mean, he, he is a he is a breed that needs detail, needs instruction. He's got a lot going on with his own life and his schoolwork, and he needs he needs a plan. He doesn't work well when you just say, hey, let's let's do this. You know, he needs to see, I need to do this. What am I responsible for? And so he has softball. So what I want for him when he comes in from softball practice, I want him to be able to know what's going on. So he just picks up one of these sheets, and then he can look in the side column over here and see coaches. And then he can look, okay, from three to 305 to 315, we're doing diamond shooting. And during that time, Coach K leads, Coach Ott checks kids. Everybody else is good. You're off during that time. We come down here, and it's two-on-two -two transition drill. Well, Coach K is the point guard in this drill, so she's got to play. And I, I, I'm in control of tempo. Coach Brewer and Coach Rowe have the score. Then we come down here, five-on-five. Five. Coach Ott has substitutions. Coach K is calling the plays. Coach Rowe and Brewer half and half. What half and half means is I want them to spend half on defense, half on offense. They switch. I just want them to, to focus on that half of the ball. And then down here, same thing, Coach K, one main goal. So everybody's got a job over there so that mm -hmm. if you have to go to the restroom and you come back in practice, you're not, you don't have to come over to Coach K and be like, hey, what are we doing right now? Like, where are we? You can just pick up the script and say, this is where we're at and jump in and coach. Um, I try to give them an emphasis of the day, offense and defense, and we check this. So in the middle of practice, we may go over to a kid and be like, hey, what's our offense emphasis today? Uh, okay, all right. Well, if you don't know, not a good idea. So, you know, but we we put a quote or a thought. This was one of our big ones this year from Henry Ford. Coming together is the beginning. Staying together is the progress. And working together is success. And uh, we that was kind of something that was heavy on my mind a lot. So we talked about working together. Um, and then down here at the bottom, I also have, like, when we scrimmage, these are, like, game one, I want these teams. So these five against these five. And then game two, I want these teams. So now 
if I say, hey, we're about to go to game two, Coach Brewer, can you get that those teams ready? Then she can go over there and say, hey, Molly G, Ainsley, Angel Lane, you're white. And so it just makes the practice go a little smoother. Uh, one thing that I did since I've been here, uh, we have um, we're very fortunate with some kids that, that are being recruited. So we have college coaches that come to practice quite a bit. So on the practice schedule, I've also put their player numbers out here to the side. So that if a college coach says, man, who's number 10? God, that kid's good. They can, they know who it is. Like it's a Lane King. So that that way, you know, something as simple as that, at least my kid might have a chance to catch a college coach's eye in practice. And instead of them trying to describe them to me, they already know the name and don't have to describe them to me. They can just have a name there. Coach, um, can, I, can I jump in just really quick? Um, absolutely. Hey, uh, number one, it's, it's awesome organization on that. Um, and I want to add, do yeah. you try to go – I know certain coaches that they'll, they might go overboard in one drill, or do you try to stay to the script? What's your philosophy on that? Kay, Kay's going to – she helps me on this. I try hard to stay with the script, but I have a rule. If the drill is going good, I'm not going to stop it to stay on practice. Gotcha. If I feel like my kids are learning in that drill and their attention is there, I'm not stopping it. I'll just take what's left of practice and build that into the next plan. Now, same can be said in this instance. There's been practices where I'll walk over to Row and Kay and Brew and be like, damn, this looks terrible. It's not going well. And then Kay will be like, all right, let's scrap it. Let's go to the next one. And we'll just wrap it up and go. But I always try to put on the schedule more than enough because I don't ever want to be without a plan. I don't ever want to finish practice and be like, God, we got 20 minutes left, man. man. Right. I don't ever want that to happen. So um, I always put more than probably we need to do. And so, we don't get – Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Donnie. I, I apologize for interrupting. No, I said we don't get so, – there's some days, as Kay and Romero tell you, and Brewer, we, we don't get through the whole schedule. There's some days we don't. And then, and then what will happen is Coach Kay will do this. She'll look and she'll say, okay, we baseline closeout drill we didn't get to, and we've got to do that because United's quick off the bounce. So she'll ride it on the dry race board. And so I know when I plan practice the next day, i got to put that drill in. Yeah, that's great. Um... I appreciate all the knowledge, man. I have learned so much, and I, I want to get all your notes, Donnie. Make sure – can you send those to me? Yeah, um, I, I have a um, – I can do two things. Number one, I can send our clinic that we did in the spring um, as a okay. staff. We, we did a clinic for TABC. Great, um, But great. then I can also send a lot of these little um, templates and stuff to you guys. I, anything that I can do to help, man. I mean, I, I, I want so bad to continue to grow this game. And so if I can help provide information and resources to someone younger or someone that is trying to, to get their first head job or trying to, you know, move up in that area, I mean, I just want to see this game continue to grow and continue to expand. And, and I, so I don't – some coaches may not want to share it. I don't, I don't really mind at all. I'd be glad to. Yeah, I, try, I, hey, I always try to get information from all the – all the coach, all the great coaches around the country that that uh, come on the podcast, and I will definitely share it to coaches who uh, listen to the podcast. Hey, before I go, before we go, hey, talk about. I have, I believe that test and measurements is so important in practice. I I I measure everything in practice pretty much. Um, you know, if somebody's communicating uh, communicating well, they get it. They get a mark. If they're hustling, they're showing effort. 
Um, if they're talking, they're coaching other players. I just I do a lot of intangible stuff. Plus, I have a win chart where I keep track of players that win the drills. Uh, what do you guys do to measure your players in practice? a little bit of pressure we, we validate everything so every drill has to have a validation so if we're playing green versus white in our lsu screen drill if green wins they got to validate it. and validating is whatever i determine on the free throw line so i could say right. give me two shooters y'all got to go four for four and if they don't go four for four they're running with the losers um you know or i may say i may say hey Pick me one shooter, you got one shot, make or miss, and you're running. Um, so that's one thing that we do uh, a lot of. We also, we also do this. Um, if we see there's a clear or a slight edge in our breakdown of teams, like we're looking and going, damn, you know, that team should win. You know, We'll give the other team a five to seven point lead. Mm -hmm. So I'll say, hey, Green, you got a seven point lead. And then of course, you know, the white team's like, well, hey, man, there's no, we're not up for discussion here. You got a seven point deficit, right. lay it out. Um, so we've done that, you know, um, last year we had a, a really, re a really good, we, we scrimmaged really two really good fives in practice. And so, um, or excuse me, this year. So we didn't have to do it as much. Last year, my poor JV, I had to give them about a 15 to 20 point, you know, spread some games because right. our varsity, you know, was, a little bit bigger last year so but um and then the last thing i think we do that that is a, that's important and, and and this is having two strong females in our practice coach k and coach brewer you know we every practice we start off with some kind of um relaxed focus drill i call it focus drill so maybe like a five spot shooting maybe a passing drill maybe a free throw drill maybe just something to gain focus to where they can talk a little bit about the day with their and there, during that time, that's when Coach K and Coach Brewer, that they're, they're supposed to walk around and catch the vibe. Like, hey, does so-and-so break up with their boyfriend that day? Uh, are we going to, like, is this kid having an emotional train wreck? Because, like, so, and that that's, you know, their their job is to get that vibe back to me and Coach Romero so that I can know just what buttons I can push and what buttons I, I got to say, all right, look, you know, Probably not today. Um, so I, I think those are three big ones. And then also the, the simple whiteboard, man. We, we, we bring this big whiteboard in there, and, and I think that gets a level of focus to the kids right away. Mm -hmm. You know, they're like, okay, that they're not playing. They got, they got a whiteboard here, and there's, there's, there's notes on it. You know, there's, there's notes on it. There's, we put scout reports up there mm -hmm. so that in practice, if – We'll tell them, hey, look, if you if you forgot how number three plays, just go look at the whiteboard. They're in break, you know, and so they can see it and, and then go, okay, yeah, that's right, that's right, I remember now. But um, so I, I think those three things are, I wish I did stuff like you're talking about, like win, winning the drill and stuff like that and giving, because I think that would, you know, add some element to it. Um, but I've just never, I've never done anything like that. Um, not that I don't think it's a great idea. I just never had anybody I worked with that's done that. Um, and I think my primary goal, and it sounds like it's a lie, just what you were saying is why you do those things, is I want competitive practices. Right. 
I mean, I want every drill we do. I don't care if we do a seven minute free throw challenge, which is, is so much fun. When I say, hey, seven minute challenge, they all go bonkers and start sprinting and getting the balls. And But it's got a consequence. If you don't make it in seven minutes, there's a consequence. Right. And, and so I, I think that having that kind of expectation um, helps out a lot. They know if they shoot air balls in practice, two things happen. Number one, Coach Brewer yells out loud, air balls keep you humble. And number two, they go, they go to the wall and they do a punishment. Um, if they miss a layup, they got to go get a ball off the rack and they go to a side goal and they do 20 miking. I love it. I love it. So if they're in practice and we're going, when Kay's doing Missouri drill and it's just five on O, you know, going through plays and they go around and screw around and miss some layup because they're playing around or they're not going hard in it, then that kid's got to go get a ball immediately and go to an available side goal and they got to go make 20 miking. We got that from Oklahoma. I went up to Oklahoma's practice. Uh, I take my staff every fall to a college and we just go on a little visit and watch college practices and just kind of uh, grow a little bit. This past year, we went up to UTA, watched uh, Krista Gerlich when she was there, went and watched Peebley over at TCU and then drove up to Oklahoma and then uh, came back. And that's what Oklahoma, that was one of the things they did in their practice. Anytime, and it, it was crazy because I saw it and I was like, what's going on? And I just asked her after practice. I was like, sure. I was like, is that? She's like, yeah, coach. I don't even fool with it. They miss a layup. They just grab ball and go. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's 20 miking. And it's just something like that. Just a little consequence, a little, you know, piece that gives them some more focus. So, like, for me, like I said, air balls and miss layups, you, you got a consequence of practice. And I'm not stopping practice to tell you that consequence. Like, I don't stop practice and say, Kevin, you got to go do 20 miking. They already know. And, and God forbid if we see one of them don't do it, like, you, you know, we're, we're going to remind, hey, you got to go get that ball and do 20 miking. Now go do 40 because you didn't do the first 20 you're supposed to do. You know, but they, but our kids are so good, they don't do that. Like, right. if they miss, if they miss, they're sprinting over to the ball rack and getting a ball. Like, I mean, that's just, that's who they are, you know, and so – but uh, I think that that definitely can can add a little element to practice as far as focus. Yeah, and that's the great culture you guys have developed. Uh, I'm so impressed, Coach. I picked up so many different things. Hey, before we go, Cammy, you and Rebecca, I want you to give advice to those assistant coaches that are listening. Like, hey, you know, you guys have high value in your program. It's obvious. Um, you're all almost assistant head coaches, almost, right, right, Donnie, um, and Hey, I want JR to jump in too before we go. What final words of advice would you give an assistant coach who is now listening to the podcast? Well, like for me, I, I think I think one of the reasons that we're able to have success is that we, we we're so in line with what Coach Ott's vision is. And I think when I came in, you know, Donnie and I sat down, you know, when we were both hired together, we sat down and, and lined out, you know kind of our vision and our vision for the program and our intangibles and the things that no matter what we're going to do. Um, and then I think it's just, you know, love on your kids and listen to them, you know, like from, for, for me as an assistant coach is a lot different role than from when I was a head coach. And so you're that kind of intermediary. There are some days that, you know, uh, first and foremost, you, you've got that loyalty to 
you know, your, your head coach and you're always going to be in line with that. But at the same time, you've kind of got to listen to your kids, you know, if they're, if they're sore, if they're doing this and that way they can talk to me and have that open conversation. And I can go to coach out and say, Hey, we're, we're pretty sore today. So we might want to kind of back off, you know, certain types of things. And he's been very good about, about listening to that. Um, you know, and I guess those are, the, those are my biggest things. It's just, you know, have your vision in line with your head coach and, and uh, you know, and just, love on your kids and they'll, they'll, they'll move mountains for you. The, the, the one thing that I'll say with, uh, with this is, you know, there's, um, I've seen, I've seen many, many people, uh, go off as assistants just to get a head job, no matter where it is, just to try and get a head job or they're aching so bad to get a head job that they'll just sacrifice everything just to get that position and title. Um, the one thing I'll say is that, you know, um, if you're part of something special and part of a good culture and if you truly love the people that you work with, you know, uh, the title's not, 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 you know, not all that important. Um, you know, I, I'm typically a softball, uh, first person, but you know, you would never be able to tell by it just because I value, um, uh, basketball just as much as I do that, you know, and throughout the course of my time at Cedar park, um, there's been s several opportunities that have come open where people have asked me to apply for that head job. But no matter what, um, I just know that those aren't Cedar Park kids and those aren't that's not Cedar Park. Um, and so, you know, uh, we're, we're really lucky to be a part of something truly special over here. And I think what whenever whenever you as an assistant coach, you find that place uh, that you do feel uh, wanted, loved and, and that, you know, just it just feels like home. You know, um, there's a lot of times that you'll, you'll overlook situations or, or, or opportunities to just make sure that you stay part of this culture. Um, and uh, and there's one thing that I've always told other coaches that have left Cedar Park that, hey, understand this. Not all places are like this. You know, that there's not a lot of places to where each kid can pull up a laptop and watch film, you know, or, or each kid, yeah, practice at 7 a.m. So each kid drives in their in their vehicle or, or gets a ride from a teammate and comes up to school. There's not places like this. Um, you know, I've been in schools to where, you know, the way they get to school is you have to pick them up in the bus, you know, as a coach. Um, so this place is really special. And so the one thing that I'll say is, um, when you are an assistant, you're part of a championship culture, you know, really cherish that and, and soak in all the opportunities for that. And then uh, really trust your head coach um, and trust the people around you because those people won't do you wrong. And, and you know, if you ever find yourself in a situation to where uh, you don't trust your head coach or you don't trust the other people around you, I would highly suggest that you seek other opportunities because, uh, you know, trust is the main thing that, you, that, that we have with our staff. And, uh, and, you know, within our staff, you know, it's definitely a family deal that no matter what, you know, we're going to, we're going to live and die by the sword. And, um, and, you know, we're going to make that, that decision and, you know, whatever coach out makes as far as that decision, we're going to, we're going to go along with it. And uh, I really think that trust factor has really helped our staff. So, uh, but to everybody else, uh, you know, uh, you know, do everything you can to better your career, but, you know, you know, once you find that championship culture and you find that staff that, that you really feel a part of, you know, really cherish that and hold on to it. I would, I would say um, uh, something that Coach Ah is really good at is um, is relationships, and he ta he makes time for all of us as assistants. And when you're talking to him, um, he makes you feel like you're the only person in the room. Um, and Coach K is someone that you know if if I have a question, I can ask her. I can trust her. And you know, Coach Rose said it best. He said, you know, trust. And for some people, for some of us, uh, trust is uh, 
that's a that's a precious commodity. So I think this crew is really good about being careful with each other. Um, conflict is natural and normal. It happens to everyone. But this is a crew that values each other individually and as and collectively. And when conflict comes up, we know that we'll just we'll talk about it and we'll ride it out and we we value each other. Um, I also say about the kids, kids don't do what you say, but they do do what you do. So uh, they they watch film because we watch film. They get they go all in because we go all in. You know, I, like I said earlier, I've I've seen state level competition a lot and. It starts with a head coach with a vision and a plan. And then he has staff that lines up, uh, or she, they have staff that line up behind them. And then that staff moves collectively as one unit. And uh, we all bring something different to the table. And I think it's, you know, Coach Ott knows that we're not all the same people. We don't all have the same backgrounds. We don't all have the same, you know, uh, I am the sensitive one. Coach K and Coach Ralph are not sensitive, but uh, I'm the crier. Hey. So they ex they accept that, and they are they. This is this is an amazing crew. It is truly special, but it's it's something that we work hard to protect. Hey, Coach, I, hey, before you go, man, what a great opportunity! If I was a young coach, this this should be on every coach's library right here. I mean, what a what a great podcast! I mean, I know I learned a lot about building my next coaching staff. But man, what a great job you guys did. You presented well. Uh, I think every coach should be listening to this, no doubt. Appreciate it so much, Kevin. And like I said earlier, I just, I'm grateful that you would allow us to have the opportunity to, to come on and share um, just a little bit of what we do because, I mean, there's so many ways to do this job. I mean, as you all know, and there's so many coaches that do it right. And there's so many coaches that, that do it great, you know, we're just we're just a group that does it this way, and I'm not saying it's the the best way, but I know it works for us, and I know it works for our kids, uh, and I know our kids um, have had an immense amount of res you know success and respect for us in the last four years because I think they they see and they value what we do, you know. And um, if if there's anybody listening, Pete, Kevin, anybody that needs anything, please my email. Yes. Donnie.ot at leanderisd.org. They can call, whatever they need. I mean, again, I want to help and grow the game. So anything that I can do to do that. Thank you. And I'll have also um, Rebecca Cammies and JR's information as well on there. So I'll put all that on uh, the show notes. So, hey, hey y'all, congratulations again on your state championship run. Um, Thank you so much. Fabulous job. But I see why you guys won. There's no doubt. You guys out prepared and you guys did a great job on building your program. So congratulations. Thank you so much, Kevin and Pete. Again, thank you guys for your time and let us know if there's anything you need down the road, okay? All right. Thanks, coaches. Yes, thank sir, you, you all. Take care. Thank you. All right. Hey, coaches. This is Nick Bartlett, marketing manager here at Dr. Dish Basketball. And we're thrilled to be a part of the 2020 Championship Vision Virtual Clinic. Coach Kevin Furtado has been a great friend of ours for a few years now, and we greatly appreciate his commitment to growing the game the right way and providing great resources to the basketball coaching community. At Dr. Dish, we're always here to help as well with our state-of-the-art equipment, drills, and content. If you're ready to upgrade to the best training machines in the world and join top programs like Duke, North Carolina, Florida, Louisville, and countless others, we'd love to have you as a part of the Dr. Dish family. 
Remember, we take trade-ins on all shooting machines, including competitors, for significant discounts. And just by registering for this clinic, you're eligible to receive an additional exclusive $300 off your next Dr. Dish purchase. For more information, visit our website at drdishbasketball.com. Give us a call or shoot me an email directly at nick at drdishbasketball.com. And make sure to follow us on all social media channels at drdishbball.